Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1248, air date June 28th, 2023. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. We're doing an uh, afternoon broadcast around 3.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but it's not only good afternoon, it's good evening. It's also good morning to some people because we have a global audience. Uh, I want to introduce... Uh, a citizen journalist and a truth, freedom, and health warrior artist, citizen journalist, among many, many things, uh, Kinara uh, from um, uh, Norway. And Kinara is going to interview, wanted to interview me uh, on really this broad topic on um, why who becomes U.S. president matters to non-Americans outside of the uh, United States. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So take it away, Kinara. Yeah, hi. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've been a, a Truth, Freedom, Health Warrior Scholar for like a year, but I've been following Dr. Shiva and his movement for three years because I was uh, with the Fire Fauci campaign. And um, so uh, I'm actually an educated uh, painteress. I have a master degree in fine art uh, in, and uh, painting. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, now I'm also doing standouts with uh, some signs, Truth, Freedom, Health. And, uh, where are you, Kinara? Maybe you should let people know where yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm in, in Norway, Oslo. Yeah, it's about like uh, 9.30 here. So evening, it's been a sunny day. And um, yeah, I wanted to ask you some questions. Uh, sure, let's go. But yeah, one of the things we've been people have been interested in because, you know, we've had a lot of people outside of the United States, all over Europe. Also, um, when I do videos, people like yourself and others um, get involved and you have comments with Americans. And I know some Americans will write to you and others saying, hey, why are you in, in, interested in the U.S. president race? Right. Um, yes. Very, very interesting question. And I know we had a discussion on this because. You know, the U.S. Uh, owns the NATO. U.S. owns World Economic Forum. U.S. pretty much owns all these organizations which influence uh, where you are, Norway or Europe or India, et cetera. But go ahead. Let's let's really talk about the things that concern you and why. Yeah. And of course, you have the First Amendment, which you um, give some in why it's also so important. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess the first question I'm, I'm, uh, I want to ask is um, so why is it so important now not to be um, bamboozled or or scammed about these misleaders and scumbags like Kennedy and Trump and Musk? <laughs> so why why is it so important to not be misled? By these guys. Yeah, so and I think that fits very, very nicely with this question Earth Sign just put up. They say we need to know what he will do when he's president and where he stands on the important issues, vaccine mandates, Israel, manufacturing, et cetera. It fits in perfectly. Look, uh, we live, first of all, uh, Kennard, to your point and to anyone else, we live in a, a global interconnected system. The swarm video I did a couple of weeks ago spoke to the fact that the elites are highly interconnected, right? The prime minister of Norway, the university leaders in Norway or you know different parts of Scandinavia or Europe, 
they're essentially a phone call away from any university president in the United States, right? Or the extremely wealthy people where you are hang out at the same place as the wealthy people hang out in who are in New York, right? It's not like the world is like these little clusters are very dis, you know, interconnected. And with these cell phones, they all have, they chat together. Uh, you know, they probably do watch. I mean, they're all interconnected and as never before. So that's the first feature that I think why who becomes U.S. president matters to non-Americans is because uh, technology has actually broken the wall. Um, so when you look at any one of these issues, like vaccination mandates, right? Um, the U.S. typically leads it, right? Or a few countries and everyone else follows because they make one phone call to the World Economic Forum or the a World Health Organization or to NATO. The U.S. has massive influence. So that's why I think people like you and others are so interested in our political campaign and are so interested in making sure people don't get bamboozled by what we call the not so obvious establishment like Trump and Kennedy. I think people outside of the United States see what's occurred to the US for the last 60 years as, as soon as people, I mean, I think where you are in Europe and uh, Scandinavia, et cetera, there's a history of these movements, right? You have parliamentary systems, you have a very, probably more protests, et cetera. The United States has actually been snuffed out. But, and it's reason it's been snuffed out is not because people come in and just beat the hell out of people, right? That occurs in countries like China when a protest comes up or a demonstration. But in the United States, it's a lot more clever. The elites in the United States don't take, you know, like like they used to do in the 60s, unleash dogs or throw tear gas, or they basically have the not so obvious establishment who manipulate people to say, no, 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 you don't need to protest. You don't need to demonstrate. You don't need to organize an independent movement. I'll take care of it for you, right? I'm Donald Trump. You know, I know what you need. I'm gonna lock her up. I'm going to drain the swamp. You see, I have really good slogans, really nice looking hats. Let me handle it, right? Or Robert Kennedy puts his stupid voice on as though he's some martyr, uh, forgets to tell people he was a drug addict and he comes from one of the most mafia families in the United States. He presents himself as this martyr and that's another way they suck in Americans, right? So they have a way to sucker in Americans and not build these independent movements. And I think that's very, very concerning because if you look at the history of Trump and Kennedy, and by the way, the media supports both of these guys by giving them attention. Forget if they like them or not. In the modern world, whoever gets attention wins. So they make they give them attention and they make um, they attempt to make people like us invisible, but they have a problem because we know how to we're building a bottoms up movement. So they don't, they don't know what to do. But in the case of Trump and Kennedy, they're very reliant on getting attention from the mainstream media. And um the way that they're able to do that, right, um, is by the fact that they are actually part of the establishment. So if you look at someone asked about vaccinations, let's go back to 2020 when the lockdowns took place, right? Who supported the lockdowns? Well, the obvious establishment, Fauci did. But Donald Trump supported the lockdowns. He didn't fight against them. He didn't fire Fauci. He was lockstep and barrel with it. And Robert effing Kennedy, booby effing Kennedy also supported lockdowns. They want people that not have really a memory of this. But if people go look in March of 2020, Kennedy was tweeting out the lockdowns are great. They're very good. And it's going to save the climate. That's that was his rationalization. So if you look at both of those people, 
And the lockdowns in the United States were replicated everywhere else, right? In Norway and Sweden. And yeah, in- yeah. Yeah, and we and we have, you know, after I took the Foundations of System Science course, uh, I uh, I was arranging all these rallies for a long time, and, and like you said, they left us alone and everything. But you know, it's get infiltrated, and you suddenly there's this uh, not so nice establishment on the on the stage. They're good people, but they always make you know invisible at the end. So it's 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 getting nowhere, and that's how your system yeah. is kind can, of. Can, can you can you explain that in? in Norway, what was going on at the time? Um, yeah, it's- uh, no, with, it, with the not so obvious establishment. Yeah, yeah well, we never mandated the vax. Um, some, uh, that's true, but Kanar, you're from Norway, right? Yep. Yeah, well, they didn't mandate, but it was it was harsh here. We had to, we had to fight, uh, especially the Corona passport. They started segregating people and, um, which brings me over to the question about, uh, you know, the Twitter-backed government censorship portal. Because I had some friends, they were um, uh, criticizing the king and uh, their whole YouTube They were criticizing who? Uh, the king for not taking a, a, a oh, standpoint the king, the king of Norway, the right, corona. the king of Norway, yes. Sorry, king of Norway. Yeah. So, so that's when I realized also this uh, this infrastructure, your discovery is uh, is just also as for worldwide people to understand. Um, and, yeah. So, uh, if you think about what you're saying, Kanara, in Norway, if you protested the king or you spoke out against him, government took you off YouTube, right? So think yeah. about that. So here was here's the government in this case represented by a king. Here is yeah. YouTube, and here's the private citizen below. So the king yeah. makes a call to YouTube, and YouTube exactly. silences the citizen. Now, you could understand that in a monarchy, right, where there's supposed to be no freedom of speech. Now, in the United States, here's the government, right? Here is, let's say, Twitter or YouTube, and here's me, who is actually running for office, right? Um, as a U.S. Senate candidate. But the United States, unlike Norway, has the First Amendment, right? It's the First Amendment, which says Congress shall pass no laws to abridge freedom of speech. And what we uh, happened to us in 2020, because I exposed the fact that the government has a backdoor portal, government has a backdoor portal, be it the king of Norway, be it the prime minister of France. I'm, I'm sorry, whether the, the king of Norway can communicate or the, his office to Twitter and social media, be it the Prime Minister of France, the Prime Minister of England's office, including the US government. That's what our lawsuit exposed. But this was in the United States. Our lawsuit exposed that the government can subvert the First Amendment, tell social media companies to say, take Dr. Shiva off Twitter because he just criticized us, right? And this was the foundation of the First Amendment. So I think when you look at a country like Norway, other parts of the world, they look to the United States to fight because most countries don't have the First Amendment. They're still slaves because they don't really they have massive censorship. So who becomes the president of the United States? Who fights for the First Amendment is very, very critical. Now, if you look at the fact, again, go to Trump and Kennedy, since you brought them up. Trump is the one who created the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. Okay, CISA. 
yeah, which is the one that created the entire backdoor portal into Twitter. Yeah. And they got the nonprofits and all these people to ensure that they could surveillance US citizens and suppress them. And I was a victim of that. So Trump created CISA. Trump is the one who signed that into law. Now look at the stupid Kennedy. And everyone should know that this guy supported lockdowns. And he was on Laura Ingram's show, who's another booby follower, right? Hmm. She was basically trying to promote Kennedy. Didn't ask him once during that interview, Kennedy saying, oh yeah, I'm against lockdowns. I won't support vaccine mandates. She didn't ask him, wait a minute, you supported lockdowns in 2020. She kept her yeah. mouth shut. But more yeah. importantly, he said that, you know, he's against violation of the constitution. Well, he supported lockdowns, which are a violation of the constitution. But more recently, he's been sucking up to Elon Musk. Elon Musk still maintains a backdoor portal. He is still the support censorship because they have not removed the backdoor portal into government. And Kennedy was supporting Elon Musk and saying, oh, you're such a fighter against censorship. It's bullshit. Because when I started exposing Elon Musk, I get censored. I get shadow banned. So both Kennedy and Trump are supporters of government censorship, period. How yeah. can you say that you support freedom of speech when you're supporting Elon Musk, knowing that there's a backdoor portal in, from government into Twitter, right? How could you say you, you're supporting freedom of speech when Trump is the one who set up and created CISA? So, but again, it was our lawsuit. As you remember, we discovered that. We exposed it. We did 50, 60 videos on it. We got it out to 200 million people. It was our historic lawsuit, which found it long before these people um, who didn't say anything at the right time. We said the right thing at the right time. Trump and Kennedy never say, nor do they do the right thing at the right time. Yeah, it's like here it's the alternative media is is telling uh, is saying that Musk is is the good guy and the mainstream media is telling it's the bad guy. So they're like playing with each other because we hardly have yeah, alternative media even here in Norway. So right. it's like, but um, well, but, you have to understand in most other countries, Kanara, there's typically yeah. one government agency, right, or two or three. And you cannot, like in any of the Commonwealth countries like India or Australia, or obviously England and many of the, you can't say anything against your government because it's considered defamation. You're, you're going against the law. The United States is quite unique in this in having the First Amendment. That's why the fact that Kennedy and Trump both, both supported lockdowns. One of them, Trump was the one who created CISA. And even now, the stupid Kennedy idiot, who's a complete scumbag, is promoting Musk as those fighting for censorship, knowing the backdoor portal exists, says everything about Kennedy. So Erdstein says, uh, someone says here, I haven't heard anything about Israel. Look, here's my position on Israel, and I talked about it, or for that matter, the Middle East. Um, if you look back at the history of Israel and its formation, it came out of a movement called Zionism. Um, for 300 years in Europe, you know, uh, Jews were essentially Europeans. And out of that, uh, in the 1800s, a movement came called Zionism, which really has nothing to do with, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist, nor uh, if you're a Zionist, uh, does that mean you have to be a Jew, okay? They're separ two separate things. And the Zionist movement articulated, they said, okay, Jews are being discriminated in Europe, 
Therefore, we need our own homeland. We want to leave Europe. Very similar to what Marcus Garvey said, blacks are being mistreated here. We want to go back to Africa. But what people need to understand is that the number one choice of the Zionist movement was not the current location that they call where Palestine existed. It was actually in Africa. I think one of their locations was Uganda, Argentina. The British are the ones who told the Zionist movement, no, no, we're gonna give you this place over here, which were Palestinians were living, okay? And if anything, there's some argument to be made that those Palestinians were the original Jews, like the Jews of the Old Testament. And the people who came out of Europe were really um, the uh, Europeans, okay? And, but it was the, the British Empire which told Israel, this is where you're going to settle. And thus created, and wherever the British go, they all, always draw random boundaries. They went to Africa, randomly created nation states and had every African uh, group fighting against each other. Same in India. It's divide and rule. So, but the key thing is, in my view, I think, you know, if you talk to people from Israel, you talk to the Jewish community, they pride themselves on being the chosen people, how intelligent they are, right? Um, and the Palestinians also, uh, and the Arabs pride themselves on having a very long history of um, civilization. My view is that the United States should get the hell out of the Middle East in terms of Israel and Palestine. I think um, we should cut off all funding and let these people have true self-determination and figure it out on their own. Every American president, Republican and Democrat has taken advantage of the chaos in the Middle East and uses any one of these groups. So I think it's time that we completely let these countries break free. That's my answer. I know that wasn't one of the things, Kanara, but I just brought that up from a foreign policy question. Sorry, go ahead. We have, I think, another about 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, actually, I wanted to ask you a little bit about art and science, because yeah. uh, I know you're into both of them. And uh, I'm, uh, because art has a bit of science and science has a bit of art. And I know you wrote a book also Art and the Internet. Uh, I want to read yeah, that. I, I actually, so I was just sharing. This, yeah, this is a book I wrote. Arts in the Internet in 1993, when the web was first coming. In fact, a former professor of mine, Glenn Urban, who's actually a sculptor, uh, and it was the dean of the Sloan School, gave the front end. But I, you know, I have a, I enjoyed design. I've always enjoyed art. I've had, you know, masters of fine arts of in visual studies from the Department of Architecture at MIT. But so I trained under a woman wow. called Muriel Cooper, is known as a grand dame of design. Uh, but the thing is that if you look at people. What they tend to do, Kinar, is people tend to put all these walls, right? You know, so if you are an artist, you must be, you know, the crazy artist, right? And if you're a scientist, you must be the mad scientist. You know, they use these words, or you must be a nerd who must be unhealthy, yeah, right? In boxes, um, yeah, they put people into boxes. But when you look at art and science, there, in many ways, the engineering principles dominate. I and mean, if you look at the work of Picasso or Michelangelo, these people are very technical, right? They had to do lots and lots of paintings. If you look at how uh, Michelangelo did the wall and the, I mean, the uh, ceiling on the Sistine Chapel, it was not you just got up there and you started painting, right? You had to figure out, he had to, he had to organize people. 
He had to get others to work. He had to negotiate. He had to be a business. I mean, it's like, it's not like you're just this mad scientist or crazy uh, artist, right? And that's what the way they made it. The reality is art and science. Uh, what's important to understand is you're solving a problem. You know, I have a lot of friends who are in set design, right? Um, they're solving a problem. Art solves a very complex nonlinear problem. Engineering solves a very complex nonlinear engineer problem. Most artists are system scientists, whether they know it or not. Because even if you're painting something or you're doing a sculpture or whatever it is, you have to figure out what are the essential elements of it, how to execute it, right? If you're doing something in clay or, you know, bronze, it's very different than if you're doing something, um, you know, on acrylic on a wall, right? These are, there's, a, I mean, many of the painters, they were chemists, <laughs> They had to learn how to preserve their paints. They used to make their paints. So I think there's been an unfortunate dichotomy in the educational system splitting these worlds. So if you're a politician, oh, you must be a Kennedy. You must be uh, come from this family. Oh, politicians are all lawyers, right? They segregate people. They don't want a guy like me who's an artist, who's a scientist, who's a technologist, who's an inventor ever entering into politics. And when we did do that, we're the ones who found the election fraud. We're the ones who discovered, uh, exposed that Fauci should be fired. We're the ones who discovered the backdoor portal. So when people from one field naturally cross over, they don't like that, Kinara. They want people to be segregated because they can control them. Most artists today are, aren't really artists. If you go to New York, most of those artists who live in Soho are basically trust fund kids. You know, The parents were very wealthy. The kid actually has no talent, right? And his mama and papa really support him. But if you really saw his work, it's garbage, right? So, and same in science, what's happened is um, in the old days, prior to 1970, when you got into science, you did it for all the right reasons. You wanted to explore crazy stuff. You were not part of the mainstream. Now they've gotten rid of all those people. So the people that they have are people who are basically lemmings, you know, who fall in line. So art and science have been damaged significantly by the imperial process that the swarm and the elites control. So you really don't have that great art anymore, nor you really don't have great science and innovation because both have been choked by the fact the elites control who gets to become an art artist and who gets to become a scientist, right? So that's well, what yeah, yeah, the thing, but, but the thing I also was thinking that I, because when I took the foundation of system science and then you explain something like uh, to be able to see things for how they really are. Uh, and that reminded me when I was learning how to paint, you know, in art school, in the academy, you know, if I paint a coffee cup or something, I have to kind of see it for what it is. I have to be honest i can't lie or i can't use my brain and, and escape it i have to see it for it what it is so i can paint it basically and i feel like it's the same with the 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 science it's like it's bounded in truth you cannot you cannot um cheat your way out of it <laughs> but now you, but now you can what's happened like for example think about i think i shared that <laughs> video i did about that professor this is one example of a professor at the University of Minnesota who literally photoshopped biology images. And for 16 years, everyone has been chasing this hypothesis of Alzheimer's, which is completely fa false. $3.2 billion went into his fake images. Think about that. 
and nothing yeah. happened. Same in art. If you, uh, a friend of mine went to New York, he's a pretty good sculptor and he wanted to get his stuff in a gallery. And then the agent said, what is your story? And he goes, what do you mean? What's my story? I do, you know, I was trained by Italian sculptors. He goes, she goes, no, you have to have a story. And she started telling him about these people who have no talent, but they would have a story. Oh, this kid was abused by his father and then he lost his dog. So you have to tell this bullshit story and then you may not even be able to draw anything of significance, but that becomes art, right? Because you have an agent spinning your story, right? So you look at this yeah. piece of work and it's, the person actually has no technique. They can never draw, right? Or paint or do anything significant but they have marketing behind them. No different than that scientist who had a lot of marketing behind him. It's like fake art, fake science, you say? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, everything's, yeah, become fake fake these days. Yeah. Truth will still be truth in, right. uh, in, in art. But I like the point you have about the AI that we should have tax uh, uh, collect the artist's money for it because AI is using the materials from the, the artists. No. Yeah. So what I've always felt as someone who's done quite a bit of research, you know, for about two, uh, 20 years in AI, right? Uh, oh, someone just said, it's interesting. Ruth says, satisfied with Shiva for US to stay out of Israel and stop sending funds to Israel. Yeah. You won't find any other presidential candidate saying that because all of them take advantage. They don't want Israel to be free. They don't want the Palestinians to be free. They play these people, right? Um, off. But anyway, my position on AI is the following. You know, AI algorithms essentially have training data. So let's say they wanted to replicate you painting, Kanara. They would watch, you know, you'd have an imaging system watch your painting. And that's called training data, right? It learns. Yeah. So one of the key things to recognize is that um, all of these AI systems today are learning from watching some domain. So if you're a sculptor or if you are a, uh, a uh, cytotechnologist or if you are a welder, my view is all of that learning data is owned by that person. And so one of the things the unions need to do is protect that training data. And if, if it's transferred to a robot, the company that owns a robot should pay an annuity stream back to the individual. So, yeah. um, Owning the the, the the mining data, right. what did you call it? Yeah, yeah. So we have, um, yeah. So you it's have like image like this, really. Yeah. So you have, um, <laughs> yeah. Someone you have a very ignorant yeah, yeah. person saying you're not a presidential candidate. Talk to a lawyer. Well, you need to go. Basically, go. You're probably smoking a lot of weed um, in history class, and you're probably sleeping. This um, very ignorant woman, Tina May, is that. Uh, first of all, you have to understand that the FEC has already ruled on this, Tina, that a naturalized citizen can run for office, number one. So please go read that. Number two, you probably don't know what the Constitution has a concept called amendments. The Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments abrogated and repealed Article Two, Section 1 of the Constitution. The amendment, the most recent amendment, can overrule the previous amendment. So I hope you understand that, or maybe you support slavery, Okay. Because you have to understand, according to, um, you know, the original quote unquote constitution, women can't be president. But, um, you know, the um, subsequent amendments overruled that. So please get that through your head. 
and stop being stupid, okay? Because it's really, really makes you look like an idiot, okay? So the FEC would not have accepted my papers if I couldn't run. I can run because I can run. And furthermore, if any states stop us from getting on the ballot, they will be sued and we will take it all the way to the Supreme Court, okay? All right. That's um, right. Uh, and uh, I, I want to have a question. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like uh, when I was doing these crazy rallies that I had to stop with because it's not effective, because true freedom health movement is effective because it's focused on the bottoms up movement. Uh, so, but what they did, they, of course, like in uh, in the States, they did in Norway as well. They called us uh, white supremacists and, uh, and the conspiracy theorists. Um, and I started to look around, uh, who the fuck is coming to these demonstrations? And then uh, you said it. You said, this is the truth, freedom, health. The, the, the freedom people who are the First Amendment, Second Amendment, liking their their freedom the rednecks and then the the health people with the granola crunching yoga people health people and then you have the truth the the, the geeks the nerds the science people so um, these people uh, I was wondering if you have a suggestion to who how, how these people can find a better yeah, so way I, to yeah I think, yeah I think it's a good way to end the uh, the conversation. Uh, so basically, the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and everyone should go to truthfreedomhealth.com. I'll put the uh, banner right here. So, um, and I'll pay the banner. And everyone's invited to come to the open house every Thursday, tomorrow at 11 a.m. and tomorrow at 8 p.m. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation. Truth, freedom, and health is many things. It's a system. It involves a community. It involves a university where you can actually learn system science. Um, it involves technology and involves education. But fundamentally, what we recognize is that all these movements, Kinara just said, the people here just taking care of their bodies and maybe doing yoga postures, a health movement. Over here, people with their First Amendment, Second Amendment. And over here, people who are innovators and scientists. All these movements are separate. So the movement for freedom, the movement for science and innovation, and the movement for health. All of them need to come together. Why? Because it's fundamental forces, you'll understand, freedom movement to move freely if you can't move your mouth freely if you can't walk freely you cannot do great science and without great science you're never going to discover what's right for our health and without good health you don't have the strength to fight for truth or freedom so that's why truth freedom and health is not just a word it's a system science so i encourage all of you to go to truthfreedomhealth.com become a warrior scholar that's one action people can do the other action people can do is also to support our very historic campaign. This is the first time that you have one of you running for office. Trump ain't one of you guys. Robert Kennedy ain't one of you, okay? They're one of them. I'm one of you. I came bottoms up. Everything I have, I've earned. My, my papa and mama didn't call me to get make a phone call to some wealthy person to get me to school, but that's what Trump and um, Kennedy got into school, right? They didn't earn their way into school or any of these guys. So anyway, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Kinar, I want to thank you very much. I think yeah. um, I think the most important takeaway is that you know the movement, the presidency, where you know is what we're running for is being appreciated not just in the United States but globally, because we're representing the fact that working people throughout the world have to unite. The swarm is a multiracial elite or multiracial global group. We have to organize independently and bottoms up. Thank you, Kinara. Yes.
Thank you. We'd love to have you visit Norway sometimes, okay? Definitely. Thank You're you. Welcome. Okay, Bye. be well, everyone. Thank you. Be um, right. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. Um, thank you, Kanara. Um, and we'll be back with more interviews. If any one of you have other interview topics, please let us know. But uh, be well and uh, be the light. Thank you.